We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. is as always it's newer and um i'm writing solo today and i'm gonna do a housewives roundup of uh real houses of miami real housewives of beverly hills and real housewives of potomac um tomorrow or sunday there will be an episode that comes out with myself my brother and tom hamlet and kicks hamlet um so it's gonna be a little sibling hang and we're going to talk about traders, and we're going to talk about some pop culture stuff. So look out for that. But let's just get into the housewives of this week. Uh, we've got Potomac, Beverly Hills, and Miami. Oh, one more thing before we do that. Um, I was convinced very nicely by some folks on Twitter um, that I should start watching Southern Hospitality, and I did. Okay, I've only watched like an episode and a half so far because I did have to watch all of the housewives stuff from this week, but what a dumb show. I love it. Okay. Just from the very first episode of Southern hospitality, my favorite thing, like I could not stop laughing was one of the people that work at Leva's uh, restaurant. Her name is Maddie. She's like real go-getter and (laughs) she loves bad boys. And there's apparently a bad boy that she's really into. They're like, oh, yeah, like he's a real like rough around the edges kind of guy. And he like cheated on her before and all this stuff. And she's like, I just can't resist him. He's my bad boy and I got to go. And she leaves the restaurant to leave with her bad boy. You guys. (laughs) In a taxi bike. It's his taxi bike. He rides a taxi bike in Charleston. And she hops onto the back of it. (laughs) Like, I genuinely, I saw him and I was like, oh, he has a motorcycle. And then it was a taxi bike. I was like, oh, my God, this show is amazing. I am totally sold. So anyway, I'm going to be maybe talking about that here and there when I have thoughts pop in my mind, probably on Twitter, a little bit on Instagram. But anyway, I just thought that was delightful. Uh, Let's talk about Potomac. You guys, this show makes me really, really sad. Like, there's so little going on on this show that we got footage of a fucking pee break on the way to Surrey County with, like, another made-up, like, music video. It was just, like... <sighs> so Robin and Robin and Giselle don't want to film with Karen. Now, it, with, with Wendy and... Well, Robin's whatever, but Giselle definitely does not want to film with Wendy and Candace. Fine, whatever. I do think it's hilarious that Robin, uh, that Karen did the whole thing where she was like, it's a liability, insurance, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not sure what the hell's going on in Ro- in Karen's mind. 
I never want to know because I think it's delightful. I think it's so funny. But like she did make them do all these like farming things. So I'm wondering if it was one of those things where her, you know, Aunt Val, Aunt Val was like, listen, you're bringing these motherfuckers onto our family farm. You're going to have them do some shit. They might end up suing you because they don't like you anyway. So you better get some insurance. And that's probably what Karen did. It probably took a little while. <laughs> I just love, I don't know who read the text message. I think maybe it was Mia or Robin and said something like, I increased, oh no, it was, it was Giselle. She said, I increased my insurance. So I changed my liability insurance. <laughs> Giselle goes, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Same. But I understand Karen for you know, being careful because she's probably like, I don't want to get sued. Um, but I just don't know what's going on in the show. And it makes me really sad because it's not enjoyable. Like I love Karen. So I did enjoy that. I think I was one of like four people that watched Karen's 90 minute family spinoff. And I say it was 90 minutes because it was three episodes, 30 minutes long. And it was great. And that scene that they had from when Karen and Raven are finding out about their family's lineage and Karen says the thing about being a descendant of slaves, like it is, it was really moving. I loved it because I love Karen, uh, but not a lot of people watched it. I was happy to see people who hadn't seen that get like a glimpse of all the stuff in Surrey County. If you haven't watched Karen's spinoff, I'm sure it's on Peacock. Definitely go check it out. But just overall, I... I dread watching Potomac because it makes me really sad. There's always like funny stuff, right? Like watching Ashley and Candace joke around on the bus is nice. But then like we already have this divide of Robin and Giselle and everybody else. And then now NECA is trying to get into the group and Wendy's icing her out. It's just like awkward. And honestly, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. Like, it would be one thing if Wendy was like, but it would be one thing if Wendy was like shading her in a way. But this is a problem that happens on the show, which is that people take it too seriously. Like, Wendy is taking a deeply unserious fight and making it so serious that it's not fun. And also, NECA isn't fun either. Like, I just between the two of them, I'm just... I'm just tired, you guys. I want them to have fun. And poor Karen is like holding this group together with a fucking string. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Potomac, but I hate it. And it makes me really sad because I love each and every one of these women so much. I mean, Karen did. Karen told these women, <laughs> Karen told these women that they're going to be doing stuff on a farm. They got overalls. She wore a denim gown with a lace top. I mean, she's amazing. Like I would have loved to see Giselle there because she would have had Giselle and Robin would have had so much fun, whatever, all that stuff. But I, it is also like hilarious that Karen did this like last minute, you know, event. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And I keep trying to push Sharice on us and it's like, Shasha, you're not getting back in the show. You can keep on trying. You've been trying all these years, but you're not getting back on the show. It just makes me sad. Anyway, let's talk about Beverly Hills. Um, the ladies are in Spain, in Barcelona, as Dorit says. I don't know if you guys saw this clip. It's from the after show. I don't watch the after show, but the clips from it will always end up on, like, you know, 
uh, somebody will post it, usually Queens of Bravo or sometimes Kendrick posts it, but it's so funny. We're talking about the Barcelona trip and Dorit and Crystal are sitting together in the after show thing. And Dorit says, it was so nice for us to go to Barcelona, Barcelona. She says Barcelona and then she corrects herself <laughs> with the accent. And it just cuts to Crystal. And she's giving like a gym from the office look at the camera. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, Dorit. So they're in Barcelona. Crystal is having her uh, possible stroke. Like, we don't know what happened to Crystal. She got really sick. She has a meltdown. Um, I don't want to say it was a meltdown. It was a genuine medical issue. She's having high blood pressure. And Anne-Marie really comes in and helps her out. Um and in a confessional, Anne Marie's like, you know, after after um, insulting my career, and it's like nobody's been insulting your career, ma'am. You told somebody that you were a doctor. You're not a doctor, and now you're saying that she insulted your career. No, you insulted your career by claiming that you're a doctor when you're not. And then also, she keeps insisting in so many places that Crystal is jealous of her because Crystal said she wanted to be a doctor. Why would she be jealous of you if you're not a doctor? <laughs> so, And now, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but this woman will not stop talking about the difference between a CNA and an AAA and an ABBA. I don't know. But she keeps posting on and on. She's in a full feud against anesthesiologists. It's so funny. And it's like, babe, let the mouse go. <laughs> I don't care. You're not fun. Oh. Um, Garcelle, they all go to, where did they go? They went to a church. Yeah, that's what they did. They went to a church. I'm thinking about the two churches. There was a lot of church. They also went to church in Miami. But they go to a church and they light candles. And um, I think Sutton and Kyle have like this really nice conversation. And I, I'm glad they had it because they both talk about, you know, they're uh, Sutton's dad's uh, death by suicide and Kyle's friend who died by suicide. And Sutton says that her friend told her that her dad came to her in a dream. And he said, I am tired. I was tired. And they both sort of talk about that. And it kind of is reflective of what I said before, which is that when you have suicidal depression, you have to try every single day to stay alive. And when you, um, when people die by suicide or, you know, they're tired of being able to try to keep themselves alive. And it's like the only way I can explain it. Um, so I was glad that they said it because it did like, it did kind of also reinforce what I was saying earlier, um, about that kind of depression. But it's nice to see Kyle and Sutton bonding Apparently, the reunion filmed and allegedly, according to the internet, which is like, okay, Kyle, we know you put this out there. Um, according to the internet, Sutton got like a real beating at the reunion and apparently Kathy Hilton was there and she went in on Sutton because, you know, now Kathy and Kyle are friends. So now Kathy's going to fight against Kyle's enemies. It'll be a whole thing anyway. Um, but it was nice to see them bonding. It's a bummer that they are going to fall apart later. They go to lunch and um, Garcelle and Dorit talk and 
Garcelle explains again, you know, the experience of how Dorit isn't, you know, Dorit's like, well, you called me a Karen. I have to say this again, you guys. I'm a brown woman. I'm a brown immigrant woman. Okay. I'm not even first generation. I'm a straight up immigrant. I came here when I was 10 years old. I'm a brown immigrant. And if I behaved the way that Dorit behaved, I would still be a Karen. You don't have to be you just you don't have to be white to be a Karen. You have to behave like a Karen to be a Karen. And Dorit, she behaves like Karen. So, you know, when Dorit when Garcelle is sitting there and saying, like, I don't think that all of you are racist. I just I kind of wish sometimes that somebody would be on the show and be like, no, I think all of us are a little bit racist. It's like our implicit bias is there because we live in a society that is inherently racist and we have been benefiting from it in various ways. And it's okay to accept that, that some of that conditioning is you're going to have to do some unlearning, you know? And so when you say, I don't think anybody's racist, you know, we're all learning. It's like, no, Yes, we're all learning, but actually what we need to be doing is doing some unlearning and unpacking some of the shit that we hold in our like in our understanding of the world because of how the world has presented certain races. Um because the world is inherently uh racist and it's white supremacist. So obviously this is like not the place to like hash this out, but it was nice to see them have that conversation. Um they get back to the house and Sutton has invited all of her erudite is that how you say it her fancy friends we're gonna call them fancy from now on and erica at this point is she's getting drunk because if you remember even though this is over two episodes this day started with erica sitting the girls down and telling them that she didn't owe nobody no earrings kind of um (laughs) and She's mad that nobody has said anything to her. Nobody has apologized to her. So she's been getting drunk throughout the day. I'm not going to lie. I'm having a great time with Miss Erica Jane Girardi. Um, I'm having a really, really good time with her because she gets drunk and she knows that some of Sutton's fancy friends are coming. Now, I think that Erica and Sutton have such an interesting relationship because Sutton represents all of the things that I think Erica thinks she could have been if Erica was handed a different life, right? Like if Erica, cause Erica wanted to be a dancer and she wanted to be an entertainment and she wanted to be a fit. She's a fit. She wanted to be a fancy, you know, debutante type of woman, but she, because of where she came from, came from, she was raised by a single parent. We cannot forget that Miss Erica Jane is half Latina. Okay. Where she grew up, she probably didn't have many resources. And if she had grown up the way Sutton had, Sutton probably represents the type of Southern woman that were the type of women that kept Erica and her mom out of many social circles. And so when Erica marries this a bajillion-year-old man and enters into these fancy, smart circles, I think it's really triggering for Erica. And so I think Sutton and um, what was her husband's name? Damn, I have no idea what Robert, Richard? What the fuck is Erica's husband's ex-husband's name? <laughs> I'm going to need to Google this because my brain is not working right now. Girardi. Uh, Tom. Of course, all the bad guys on Bravo are Tom. What's wrong with me? 
I think that Erica probably got married to Tom thinking that she was going to have access to things like that. And so Tom and, and, and knowing that she is, you know, not, she was a stripper, like she was a waitress and, and Sutton is the type of person that she probably wished that she could be more like. So I think the whole thing is just so triggering to her. And I think that's another reason why she's getting a little bit drunk, but boy, when those people come, I'm so fucking impressed by Erica. I died at her saying, Merce is in your purse. And just like sloshing her booze around in her mouth. Guys, <laughs> she's winning the season for me. I hate to say it, but I'm having a great time with Miss Erica. Okay. She was amazing. She's talking to the Palestinian architect. The urban designer, ugh, I love that. I love the editors. <laughs> Cutting to Dorit and giving her a, a tss when the woman was like, yeah, I'm Lebanese, my dad was Lebanese, and my mother is Palestinian for Gaza. <laughs> Cuts to Dorit. I was like, oh, those, those editors. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good for you. Oh, God. But, you know, I, I, <laughs> I just, it cracked me up. I loved Erica. I love that she turned into like a drunk rain man and she knew all these things. And I think it's kind of nice because it's like it does prove out like Erica, say what you will about this bitch, but she really gives it her all. Like Erica's not half assing anything in her life, whether it's her Pat the Puss dance or her $7 show at the in Vegas or anything. She's really going to go all out. And I, I got to say like, you know, as much of a monster she can be. Like, I think that ultimately Erica just wants to like be liked and she wants to prove that she belongs in a place and she will do that in whatever way she can with as much self-respect as she can. I say that with a giant asterisk on the fact that she sang songs called how many, how many fucks do I give <laughs> on the show? But I did have a great time watching uh, Beverly Hills. The episode ends with Sutton having a real freak out. Um, she's having a very emotional reaction about sprinkling Merce's ashes. And we find out, guys, that was not a good slip up I just said right now. Here's the problem. I just got new retainers. That's why I sound like I have a lisp. And um, I almost said asses instead of ashes. Merce's ashes. Um, and she shares that the whole thing with Merce and the ashes is also because she had her father's ashes and she lost them. And that is extremely heartbreaking. That is really sad. Now, I'm not going to claim to understand that I love, I, I understand the ashes stuff because that's so out of my religion. Like, I, it's just, I know that people have it. Like, in Hindu religion, you get ashes, but it's very typical to get rid of them fairly quickly. You don't really hold on to them like that. But 
I know people grieve in different ways. And sometimes part of that grieving is holding on to some part of this person. Um, but, uh, it is heartbreaking to see Sutton really like getting so sad about it because the other thing I think she's going to sort of allude to is the fact that like she had her dad, she had Merce, and then she had her husband. And I think that losing those things was extremely difficult for her. Um, and I wish that we could get to know more about Sutton in that way. Like, I don't know what happened in her divorce. Like, what what happened that made this marriage fall apart? Because I would love to hear more about it. Because Sutton, to me, feels like somebody who was probably a lot like, not, I don't want to say she was just like Lisa Hochstein, Hochstein, but she was probably pretty neurotic during her divorce, you know? And I'd love to, like, see and hear more of that. Well, speaking of Lisa, let's go over to Miami. What an intense episode. Every single episode of Miami, the ups and downs, I feel like I'm genuinely watching a sitcom. It is so good. It is so incredibly good. The ladies are still in Mexico City and they're going to go to church. Julia shares with us that it's difficult for her to go to church because she separated herself from religion when her son passed away. And the last time she was in a church was at her son's funeral. And that broke my heart. And But Julia is a team player and she's going to do it and she's going to go because of Gertie and because of Alexia and it means something. And I have to say this church scene, like it was really beautiful. And I think the editors did a really nice job by putting no music in it at all. Um, it was just really lovely. It was really, really sweet. And they're having this really nice moment and everything. And they get into the car and of course, Lisa. Lisa's like, guys, I really prayed for today to go well because she's supposed to be getting her settlement worked out. And I love Lisa because she's just like so transparent. Like Lisa functions like like she could be she could have been a character in Mean Girls. Like she could have been like a it's because she, she's so transparent. She's so predictable. And Larsa is coming off so wise. Larsa and Alexia are just on their best. They're in their they're in their best form right now in Mexico. They're doing so good. But Larsa says, "No, you can't just pray for stuff when you you can't just pray when you want stuff. You have to pray all the time, Lisa." And Lisa's like, "No, I do. I pray every day. I pray every single day." We're like, "No, fuck, fuck, no, you don't. You do not." Um. But like they're so wise. It's like they go to church and they go to Mexico City and they're also wise. Marisol's like, you know, sometimes religion, like the way prayer works is you don't always get exactly what you ask for, but you get something else and you have to like really find the signs. And I was like, okay, wow, you guys are so fucking wise. Why are you also so dumb? And that's why I love you. We find out that Lenny does agree to the settlement except for there's one stipulation. And his stipulation is that he does not want Lisa to be residing in a home with another man. Um, and it's real fucked up. Lenny's a fucking monster. Um, but I think, I think that Lisa thinks, sees that as a glimmer of hope, in my opinion. I think that when Lenny fights for her like that, like fights for her, like shows her like, I couldn't, I don't ever want you to be with another man like that. Like Lisa loves that stuff. Lisa told us last episode that one of her kinks is jealousy. Like I think that this like weird, like it's bizarre, but Lisa is absolutely the type of person that would, I've said this many times, she would absolutely 
absolutely love to be back with Lenny if she could. Because the way she behaves in this gondola ride, oh my God. So they go to this gondola ride, the Miami Mommies. It's so cute. But Lisa is already, she's just having a full meltdown. She's not, she says she's not feeling good. She starts crying. She says she feels like she failed. And again, I don't think that Lisa wants to get this divorce. I think if it were up to Lisa, she would have stayed in this marriage for the rest of her life. I think Lenny could have said sorry and still been fucking all kinds of random women and she wouldn't have cared because she just wants to stay married to this man and have access to everything. Um, But Lisa in the middle of, they're all crying. Like she's crying, she's having a meltdown and then every time another gondola goes by, Larsa, they're all like, hola, hola, it killed me. They're so funny. Anyway, things start to pick up because everybody's basically ignoring Lisa because they're like, we can't do this anymore. And as things pick up, Lisa suddenly decides to go and have a photo shoot with the gentleman who is, do you drive the gondola? I got to look this up. I told myself that I would before I started recording gondola ride person. What is a person on a gondola called? A gondolier. Duh. I'm as dumb as Lisa. Lisa gets up and wants to take a picture with the gondolier and she keeps saying stuff like, can I, can I stir? Can I stir? Can I stir with the stick? And she goes, guys, it's not even a spoon. It's just a stick. Lisa is truly one of the dumbest people in the world. Lisa, I've only watched an episode and a half of Southern Hospitality, but Lisa would have killed it at Republic. In the middle of all this, Emilio calls Adriana. Lisa's giving the gondola gondolier water because she keeps saying that he's too red. She doesn't know. She lives in Miami and she doesn't know the word red. She keeps saying rouge. You've lived in Miami for this long and you don't know the word like roja or rojo, right? That's red. I might be wrong, but I've never lived in Miami. Lisa's just so dumb. Um, Larsa and Le- they're all talking because Lisa essentially he's making this about herself. But Larsa says to Lisa, if you lost Ju- Jody, you'd regret it because I don't think anybody would be able to take put up with your shit. And Lisa snaps. And Larsa's right. She's like, you're needy. You're like a baby. And Lisa says, OK, well, you're a bully. You're mean. And like, it's so funny because in the middle of this, Adriana tries to speak up for her by saying, well, Lisa has ADHD. OK. <laughs> Okay, what does that have to do with anything? Alexia, hilariously, is being so protective of Adriana's voice, but I think she's only protective of Adriana's voice because Alexia doesn't want Adriana to look like an asshole because ultimately they are all housewives. Um, In the middle of all this chaos, Julia is kissing everyone. Um, In the middle, and then suddenly the women are going through this one part of the river where they see sort of like these homes on the side of the river. And they obviously are homes that belong to people who are, who likely don't have a lot. I don't want to call it like a shack. Cause I feel like that's like such a fucked up term to use, but they're just homes like very, very um, small homes on the side of the river. And the ladies are just so out of touch because they start saying stuff like, guys, look at that. We should be grateful for what we have. We should really be grateful. And then 
Larsa's like, yeah, and I, you know, honestly, they're probably so much happier than us. They're so happy. They're, it's like this weird, like guilt, like course correction, overcorrection that happens with like rich people on these shows. It's just so weird. But in the middle of this, they see a bunch of dogs. And Lisa starts throwing food at the dogs because she thinks that the dogs aren't fed. And they're like, you guys need to stop. And Lisa says, actually, like the gondolier is like the owners feed the dogs also. Like you don't have to do that. So Lisa's like annoyed that everybody's saying something to her. So she's like, it's just chicken. And then she says, it's better than whatever they're feeding. They're being fed, I promise. And Kiki's rightfully horrified. I was horrified too. Like Lisa is just so dumb. She's the worst. She flips out. She's, she says, I was trying to help animals because I love animals. But she didn't say it. She screamed it. She screamed it. And the editors did an extra little shake, like a little Hulk shake of, I love animals. Um, And she gets up in Kiki's face, kind of. And Kiki says, don't get up. Don't get in my face. Because Kiki's already annoyed about how out of touch Lisa is. And she's already expressed the fact that no matter what, Lisa is always talking about Lenny and it's annoying. So Kiki's like irritated and she says, don't get up, don't get in my face. If you're going to stand up like that, where I'm from, there's going to be problems. But she won't sit down. Lisa will not sit down. She will not listen because Lisa is a fucking child. So Kiki chucks an empty juice box at her. (laughs) And Lisa starts to scream, you assaulted me. <laughs> and then we have a shut the fuck up off. <laughs> Guys, Lisa will not stop saying that she was assaulted and everybody's trying to get her to calm down. And she's like, she threw an object at me. That is assault. That is actual assault. You will never throw an object at me. Don't you ever throw an object at me. And it's just, just flipping out. And listen, either this is obvious or Larsa is extremely wise, but she's right because she says this isn't about the dogs or the juice box or about Kiki. This is about Lenny. This is about her divorce. This is about her losing control and her acting out in ways. And it's so funny because in the middle of all this screaming and yelling, a gondola of kids goes by and they (laughs) pause on the fighting and they're like, hola, hola, hi, hello. I mean, it's crazy because you have to be really dumb. If even Larsa and Alexia look so wise and smart compared to the way that you're behaving. But essentially, I mean, Lisa's not a smart person because she's they try to do a prayer. She's not going to pray. She's rage texting probably Jody. It shows the screenshot like we get a a glimpse of the text. And it's so funny because in the text, she writes, Kiki threw a drink at me. Listen, if I got a text from somebody and it said somebody threw a drink at me, I would think that they did to me what Jen Shaw did to Angie K. She did not throw. Yes. Did she technically throw a drink at Kiki? (laughs) Yes. I mean, sorry. Did Kiki technically throw a drink at Lisa? Yes. But it was a juice box. (laughs) An empty one. (laughs) So silly. Anyway, they do a prayer, and Adriana's so funny. She's like, Lord, help us. And suddenly, rain, rain starts. Like, it's just so chaotic. And then next thing you know, they go by this super sad, scary island called Island of the Dolls. It is so fucking dark, and it is so sad. Um, The gondolier explains that 
it's this place where this artist, he was an artist and he saw a girl drown and he wasn't able to save her. And he started to have dreams every night that this girl that was drowning would haunt him. So as a result, he started putting dolls, a bunch of dolls all over trees in an attempt to leave dolls for this child that drowned. And he went crazy and sort of just still kept up there as like art. I just think that somebody should have checked that. I think somebody should have checked the route and checked to see what was on the route before sticking Julia in a fucking boat and having her subjected to this shit. Because that was absolutely fucked up. It's fucked up enough that she had to go to church. She didn't want to be there, but she did it. But here she is in this situation being absolutely horrified. That was so much. So much happened. We had ups and we had downs. It ended on a real down. But that fight between Kiki and Lisa was amazing. Okay? All of it was just so good. I love these ladies so much. Um, That's it for this episode from me, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being here. Like I said, I'll be back later to talk traders. And super – hey, congratulations to 49ers fans because they're going to the Super Bowl. Um, And I guess, unfortunately, we are going to have to talk about how annoying the entire internet is being about fucking Taylor Swift being at the Super Bowl. So look out for that episode, uh, likely on Sunday. Um, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.